This is the Transmissions from Atlantis Entertainment Network. Expand your wonder. Continuum Force Season 2 Review, featuring Rita and J.C. Delatore. Hey there, folks. My name is J.C. Delatore. And I'm Rita Delatore. And this is the Season 2 Review of Continuum Force. Now, I am the writer, creator, pretty much jack-of-all-trades of Continuum Force, and Rita, what do you do? Uh, I am also a head writer, editor, as well as the voice of Denise Cox on Continuum Force. Yes. So, folks, we just want to welcome you to our Atlantis library. Yes, of which you will see some videos uh, l- later in this podcast. Yep, and so we're definitely happy t- for you to join us. Uh, it was a labor of love. You, you, it is kind of an adventurous theme. You know, we got a little bit of Raiders of the Lost, Lost Ark in it. Um, a little bit of Crusade. A little bit of <laughs> La- Last Crusade. We've got all kinds of different adventurous themes. Um, and uh, it's obviously our library where we have a lot of our antique books, which a lot of that inspires Continuum Force, as well as Vampires of Whitechapel. And, you know, there's there's a lot of great things uh, that this this library inspires. Right? Right. And so we're here to talk about season two of Continuum Force, and it was an exciting season. And one of the things I think about season two is I feel like it built upon the foundation that we created with the uh, first season of Continuum Force and just took it to another level. What are your what do you think of overall the season of, of season two? Uh, season one was great. Season two, I think we saw more character development uh, we've seen our characters are, you know, being challenged more mm-hmm. and they're being uh, forced to make more difficult decisions. Yes, absolutely. Um, and in particular, what about your character, uh, Lieutenant Denise Cox? She got promoted for yes. a mutiny. After she mutinied, yes. <laughs> <laughs> After she mutinied. She's lucky she didn't get court-martialed. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I feel like she is starting to veer away from being the mechanic and starting to become more of an integral part of the crew and not just be there to fix everything, but to also help run missions. Yeah, absolutely. And for the character that I play as well, because like I said, I'm the jack of all trades, so I I also act in the show. Um, Buzz Borman, uh, I felt like, you know, Buzz has always been the uh, comedic uh aspect of the show you know (laughs) he's there to kind of lighten the mood uh from all the crazy drama that's going on in the show and i think this time uh he really got some really good zingers in this year especially in the foo fighters episode yes and in fact while we were recording that episode uh four of us were together uh, doing various uh uh recordings and we all just started cracking up so much <laughs> when he was rec- recording his Buzz Borman lines. Yeah, for some of those in the Foo Fighters episode, I was just starting to ad lib a little bit because it was, you know, it was just the moment. <laughs> I pity the Foo. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so uh, I think there was a, definitely a lot of development with the characters. Um, we saw a lot more ownership and leadership from Connor. Uh, obviously, Ace grew a lot this year. Uh, just a, a lot more uh, development of the overall mythology of the show. 
there was there was definitely some great things that happened this season. Um, what was your favorite episode of season two? I will have to say the Fourth of July episode, uh, uh-huh. the one about George Washington, just because there, there, that episode had a lot of things going for it. The writing was great. Thank you. The music was great, of which we will get into. Thank you as well. (laughs) (laughs) And one of the things that we love to do when we're writing our episodes is we like to incorporate as much factual history as we can while still leaving uh, some leeway for a fictional license. Yes. Uh, But in this episode, it was really unique because in, in one of our antiquing hunting trips we found a book that was a biography of george washington that was written by masons and as a lot of us know george washington was a mason Mason. so it was a very unique perspective on george washington uh and that including uh you know some aspects of his history that you would normally not really read about uh, made for a more compelling episode. And to add to that, the music. Uh, as Jason will uh, speak to a little later, you know, he, he's started creating all his own music for uh, Continuum Force. Yep. And this episode was not only challenging for him, but he was able to create music that I believe takes you back into that time period, into the American Revolution. You're hearing the drums, you're hearing the fife uh, uh, flutes, mm-hmm. and it, it really puts you into the mindset of uh, the American Revolution. Yeah, and like Rita said, one of the things we love to do is to bring in uh, different aspects of history that maybe you don't know so much about. So one of the things that I was really interested in was uh, the early history of George Washington. You know, when he fir- got his first command and how he completely screwed that all up with <laughs> Jumanville. You know, it actually led to the British losing a, uh, a key stronghold within the Americas and his admission that he actually tried to assassinate a French officer, which, of course, he didn't necessarily try to do, but the French interpreter was an, uh, was an idiot, and he, George didn't know what he was signing, and then there you go. And it was a huge scandal, and for a lot of people, it would have destroyed their military careers, but just to see how Washington was able to overcome that major setback early on in his career and become George Washington was a, an important uh, piece to that that I really wanted everybody to know about because that's not something you see in your history books. When you're reading about George Washington, you're reading about uh, you know chopping down the cherry tree and I cannot tell a lie and all that other mythology that's around George Washington. Yeah, but most of it also revolves around the American Revolution. Exactly. You rarely hear about his Early military life. career yeah. before that. Exactly. And so I thought it would be important to kind of present that. At the same time, I also wanted to really give you uh, the true story of Valley Forge uh, in that, you know, it wasn't just about the uh, the soldiers struggling through the winter. You know, Washington was fighting with Congress, trying to get some kind of support. And, you know, the frustration that he had to deal with to, to be able to overcome uh, a lot of the obstacles. Plus, you know, Cornwallis was right there. He was ready to you know, invade and, and take them all out. Thankfully for Washington's crew, uh, Cornwallis decided to bed down for the winter as well. But had he just attacked, 
the Revolutionary War would be over and we'd all be British subjects of the king. You know, so that's that's how tenuous of a moment in history it was. And I just wanted to make sure that, that we uh, showed that. And also, you know, the downtrodden spirits, right, of... Yes, I mean, the depression, the disease that was running rampant through the camp. Yep. And bringing Connor in and having Connor kind of do a pep talk to George Washington, you know, I thought was was very cool because that also injects some of our mythology into the American Revolution that, you know, Connor lifted our, our, our fearless leader, our great leader's spirits at his moment of need. Yep. All right, so which was your favorite episode? Okay, so I'm going to cheat. I know, I know, but I have a good excuse because it's a two-parter. Okay, yep. we, we can let that slide. Episode 18 and 19, which is the episodes with Alexander the Great. Number one, I'm a huge fan of the historical Alexander. Um, I am fascinated by his story, by how he basically took over and conquered an entire world, practically, all the known world at that time. And in addition to that, there were, uh, in researching this, uh, this episode, um, there was a lot of things that I learned about Alexander that I simply didn't know. For example, he was asexual. I had no idea that was, that was the case. And the fact that he was asexual allowed me to bring in a, into a little bit more detail uh, Ace's characteristic of being Ace. You know, she, that's the reason why she's called Ace. That's the reason why she goes by that name is to identify as being an Ace individual. Yes. And it was a great opportunity to be, be able to talk about asexuality because I think it's, uh, you know, an underrepresented uh, portion of the LGBT community. Yes. And I think that... Uh, it also allowed us to be able to to say to say it's okay to be ace. You know, you're not uh, odd. You're not weird. It's it's a natural thing. You know, and it, it's been uh, going on since you know the days of Alexander. Um, so I thought it was a, a great chance to to do that. And uh, one of the other interesting things is the actress that plays Ace, uh, Jesse Johnson, also uh, is Ace. So I was able to lean on her a lot to kind of discuss, you know, what it's like to be ace and be able to kind of uh, pick her brain on the proper way to present it. So I, I, I'm hopeful that we were able to accomplish that. And I, I think I really think you did a fantastic job uh, with those two episodes, yep. not to mention, again, with the music. Uh, those two episodes had some of the most cinematic music I had heard you ever create. Yeah. Uh, which was really impressive. And, and that's something that you've been doing this season to really, really up your game, not just with editing in general, but you wanted to be able to create your own music because you wanted to uh, uh, use that to create a better flow for the stories that you were trying to tell. Yeah, I wanted it to be able to match uh, what was going on in the scene. So it hyped up the drama when it needed it. You know, it brought you down. You know, it brought a scary moment when it needed it. Uh, and that was, it just wasn't working that well with the pre-made music. You know, I would cut and paste it together, try to make it work, but it just really wasn't happening. So I thought that we're not a huge big budget uh, podcast, guys. You know, we would love to have our own, you know, mega million dollar studio <laughs> and, you know, have a cast of thousands helping us on the show. But 
we're a small mom and pop. So, you know, this is it. What you see is what you get. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> so, so when it comes to, you know, hiring people to do different, different aspects of the show, we have to take budget in, in, uh, in mind. And I personally like to spend our money on our actors because we have tremendous actors. Um, so we tried to find ways to, to save money. And, I decided that, you know, I wanted to try to take on learning how to do cinematic music. And I know it sounds a little crazy, but I, I'm pretty happy with my progress. It's kind of funny because, you know, you start out and you're not very good. And then you get to a point and uh, you're, you get better as each time that you do it. And I think you're right with that particular episode uh, or those two episodes uh, for uh, for the Alexander episodes. Uh, I, I thought the music enhanced the episode very well. Um, and one of the reasons why those episodes were a couple of my favorites uh, was just the performances that we got. Um, for example, in episode 18, when Ace is giving, away, giving her final goodbyes to everybody, everybody on the team, uh, Marcus, who plays Connor, did such an amazing job. I, when I hear his crackle in his voice as he's delivering his lines... Uh, it gets me every time. It was I, heart wrenching. Yeah, I'm tearing up now <laughs> just thinking about it. But it's it's like, uh, you know, it's it, he had he had such an amazing performance, and Jesse's delivery too was just spot on, exactly what I was looking for. It just rips your freaking heart out, <laughs> and yeah, it, it's just an amazing, amazing performance by everybody. You know, you included, because you know you had the whole crying scene and everything. So I did, and yeah. then not to mention in episode nineteen. There was a cost mm -hmm. to bringing Ace back. Yeah, I didn't want us to just pop back in, get Ace, and you know everything's hunky dory and we move on. You know there had to be a price paid uh, for uh, for Ace Ace coming back, and unfortunately it had to be with Usamara. Um, and Amy Seville, who plays Usamara, is fantastic. I love her. I love editing her her lines. I think she she delivers them so eloquently and perfectly she's she was exactly what i was looking for when i was looking for osamara and you know losing her as a cast member uh, is tough it was a tough decision to to figure out who had to go um but in the end i think for story wise uh osamara worked the best and also brought about some other things that happened later in the season that kind of helped us move the story along um we miss amy and, you know, she's doing great. She's doing anime stuff and all kinds of uh, cool things now with, with her voice work. Um, and we definitely hope to work with her again in the future for some other some of our other projects. Um, but, you know, there had to be a cost. And let me tell you, she put everything into that scene uh, when we lose Osamara. Yes. You know, it was that is another thing that was very gut wrenching. And it's like Wrath of Khan epicness. Yes. And. I will freely admit that there was a bit of Rathacon in there because as a kid, I'm still traumatized by Mr. Spock dying. And, <laughs> you know, uh, it, it traumatized me and I remember it to this day. So, yes, there was a bit of Rathacon in there as well, you know, but uh, I, I just wanted the gravity of that moment to really be felt by the audience and uh, everybody delivered. Again, Marcus S. Connor, just phenomenal, phenomenal performance. Um, and 
if if you're not crying by the end of those two episodes, uh, basically you don't have a heart, I don't think, <laughs> or or you just don't care about the characters, one or the other. But but yeah, it's it, it was definitely something. So I really enjoyed those two episodes. Overall, I think season two was really great because it delved into a lot of the mythology with the bogeys and mm-hmm. the titans, and you know at the end of the season when when you're learning the truths about. Uh, everything that's going on yeah and not to mention the way the episode ended on a cliffhanger mm-hmm. yes there will be a season three yes no we don't know when it'll be no <laughs> and and that's one of the challenges uh in the new normal as that everybody likes to say you know most of our cast uh is local um we do get together to to record our sessions and uh with the restrictions and everything that's been happening, it's been very difficult to, to get everybody together. Um, that's the thing. It, most of season two had already been recorded before the pandemic started. Yes. So we had plenty of material already in the can uh, before uh, before everything went to heck in the handbasket, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, uh, so now the question is, is when will we be able to get everybody together again? And, you know, that is... A question that we can't answer right now. Um, it may be next year. It may be the year after that. We'll just kind of have to see. Um, it's a, a little bit uh, concerning, obviously, but we will have a season three. My promise to you as our listeners and as, as our viewers, um, there will be a season three of Continuum Force. And, and there could be more. And there could be more, you know. I don't know, but he knows. Yes. I, I know what's going to happen next. You know, and I know how the show is going to end. I already have an ending uh, formulated in my mind. I don't want that ending to happen anytime soon. So obviously, you know, the more listeners that we can get, the more support we can get, um, that will extend the life of the show uh, a lot longer. So get on our Patreon if you're not if you're not watching this on Patreon. Uh, definitely. Uh, Get the tell friends and family and everybody that you know about our show so that we can get more listeners and get more support. Um, all of that helps, you know, pod chaser ratings. That's huge. It helps us a lot. Um, so all of those things can help us uh, extend the life of the show to make sure that we can continue on as long as we can. Um, so it's definitely up to you guys to help us out in that aspect. And, you know, we do the best we can on getting the word out, but there's no, uh, there's no better advertising than the word of mouth. So, you know, if you, if you love the show, tell your friends, tell your family, get everybody you can to listen to Continuum Force. And so I think that basically wraps it up for season two. Um, we can't wait for season three to come around and, uh, until then, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Bye everybody. Thank you for listening to our review of Continuum Force Season 2. Continuum Force is a Transmissions from Atlantis Entertainment production. It is produced, written, and directed by J.C. Delatore. Other contributing writers include Debbie Vigay, Dr. Scott Vigay, and Rita Delatore. Music by J.C. Delatore and Atlantis Paradox. Thank you to our Patreon supporters. You are the lifeblood of TFA Entertainment. For photos of the Atlantis Library, check out the episode posts at continuumforce.transmissionsfromatlantis.com.